Indigenous Rights Radio, because knowledge is power. In the transition to the so-called green economy, indigenous peoples are facing a new wave of extractivism for transition minerals such as copper, nickel, cobalt, and lithium, which are key in battery development. These projects are promoted as green because they aim to supply minerals used in renewable energy and electric vehicles. However, these mining projects risk replicating the same harms of the fossil fuel economy, threatening indigenous people's rights and territories and destroying biodiverse ecosystems. Indigenous rights must be prioritized and be guaranteed through respecting free, prior and informed consent. To find out more how the effects of climate change are impacting indigenous peoples, Cultural Survival spoke to Gunbrut Retta, Head of Arctic and Environmental Unit of the Sami Council. My name is Gunbrit Retter. I'm Head of Arctic and Environmental Unit of the Sami Council. Uh, I, I live in a Sami area we call Satmi, and uh, based in what uh, is known as Norway, north, far northeast Norway. I live by the fjord, uh, salt water linked to the Barents Sea. Varanger uh, Fjord Onyarika. I have been working for Sami Council since 2005, which is soon 20 years. Sami Council is an indigenous people's organization with member organizations in Norway, Finland, Sweden, and Northwest Russia. The Russian uh, members are at the moment on hold, but uh, Sami Council is an old organization that was established in 1956. And uh, we work with both human rights and EU-related questions and cultural expressions and cultural fields. But my unit, Arctic and Environmental Unit, has uh, for yeah, for a long time focused on climate change and also environmental change and environmental protection as we are one of the permanent participants to Arctic Council and we engage thus also in the UN conventions, both on the Convention on Biological Diversity and the Climate Convention. Yeah, the Sami people live across borders, as I said, and uh, one of our main cultural livelihoods uh, or cultural carrying livelihoods is reindeer husbandry but we also we are also fishermen and hunters gatherers so all these cultural carrying activities are tied to nature and the surroundings and and this is a arctic or subarctic per definition region and Arctic being one of the regions globally that is warming most rapidly. And science also show that Arctic as a region has warmed three to four times faster than the global average in the last 50 years. And there is no signs in that this will stop any soon. And uh, so what we are facing is we are living in an area where there are snow great parts of of the year and the reindeer husbandry is kind of uh, having this what you call it uh, uh, advantage compared to many others that reindeer cope with snow better than many others uh, animals so but when we what we see is 
that we have shorter periods of snow and the periods where there is snow during the year, it's also more often switching between zero degrees, which means freezing and thawing. So this freezing and thawing on snow means that when when snow is melting, it gets wet and then when it frees, it becomes icy. So snow in cold weather is usually very easy to get through and uh, so animals can access the pastures. But uh, icy snow, it's harder to get through. So so this is one of the very concrete kind of uh, challenges that you got get more more ice cover or you and you have shorter periods of snow and it's also in summertime arctic is greening so tree lines is moving further upwards in the hills and mountains and you get more shrub so so uh, and as i said longer periods of no snow cover so it's uh, and all these also creating albedo effects, which is a different story. But but so we are challenged by that the surroundings are changing. Yeah, from an Arctic perspective, uh, and now I'm again not talking exactly to the decisions uh, that are going to be negotiated, but what we feel from, from an Arctic region, and I guess a lot of people, when they hear I'm from Norway or we are from Sweden and Finland, we come from a very rich part of the globe, and we live in countries that are recognized to be very uh, friend or inclusive of, of uh, and protective of human rights and also indigenous rights. Uh, but what I uh, and uh, we have recognize that we are better off than many other peoples in other regions of the globe. But we still have challenges, and this is what we hope to get larger understanding from the the Nordic states and the EU. European Union countries is that many of the solutions that the states and the decision makers are coming up with, uh, they call for a green transition, they call for uh, uh, alternative energy sources and and so on. And these are often very land demanding projects. And what we experience on a daily life, one is that we are facing climate change and the nature is changing around us. and and snow goes earlier and ice sets later in the fall, all creating challenges for the way we are living. But on top of that, while we are trying to cope with this, the states put their solutions on our lands. So we see a massive land destruction happening on the same areas that we depend upon with wind industry and turbines that are massive. They are 200 and more meters tall and the fundament is taking a lot. The roads constructed to make this all on this. And they look for these solutions to to Sami areas, not only, but to a great extent to Sami areas, because in their eyes, it looks empty and untouched. But it looks empty and untouched because the Sami have been using this in a sustainable way for for millennia and kept the nature uh, in intact and and uh, kept the nature in the way it looks today. 
but we didn't save our lands for others to waste uh, and destroy. So mines is another thing that we they look for for more batteries and minerals to batteries and so on. That's also mines that they look into in our areas. So what we are facing is that response measures are are having great impact. Response measures to climate change have a great impact on our lands and our livelihoods and thus our culture. So these are things we keep addressing over and over again. And I, I understand and we support, of course, the shift to away from fossil fuel. But I think we everybody in the Western world in particular have to rethink our consumption patterns, including myself, uh, because we can't keep spending like we do in the Western world and in and just wasting energy or or wasting resources and uh, continuing to de uh, destroy nature. Uh, so we have to stop up and think of the scale of these projects and where you place them uh, to 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 do it in a more uh, or a less uh, aggressive manner, if I can put it as that way. And it's also kind of expected that that uh, we have to give up our land for a greater good because it's green energy is is good, but uh, we also call it the green colonialism because it's just. Uh, the same way as before, just in another color. For more on the rights of indigenous peoples, visit cs.org and follow Cultural Survival on Facebook and Twitter.